Trish made plans to join Ben Monday morning with her cousin to sell her house to him. Shelley had promised her cousin to only take half her usual commission. Ben had to go to the bank anyway to get the money out for the gambling debt. Before she left, Trish went up on her toes and gave Ben a deep slow kiss and asked if that was more his speed. He could only nod as his head was spinning. Trish carried the bassinet and the small suitcase with her. Tina left with her and got a playful spank on her butt as she went out the door. She squealed and smiled back at Ben with real fire in her eyes. Ben looked at the number on the realty sign on the lawn of the miller's home. He dialed it and spoke to the realtor. He asked what the house was going for, but was told it had already sold for $1.25 million to a young family from Texas. Ben had missed his chance with the house. That thought made him a little anxious about Joanne's home. He thought he might just pop in and see if she was ready to move on the sale. He yanked on his coat and made his way over to her place. Joanne greeted him with a smile and invited him in. Lily was in the living room knitting, something large and deep blue, and she greeted him as well. When they were all situated, Joanne asked the reason for his visit. I was wondering if you'd care to continue our discussion about your house, Ben said glancing at Lily. Joanne caught the glance and smiled. It's okay, Ben. Lily is quite aware of my plans. Yes, I'm still interested. Are you going to purchase Trisha's place as well? Yes, I was just over there a short while ago. She already had an assessment done. I did an inspection and told her what I'd be willing to spend and told her about the renovations I'm planning to do to the house. I showed her my home so she could see what the renovations will be, and she's in. Well, do the sale tomorrow. Tina and Christopher are going to be moving in with her, as Tina's likely going to lose her home. James did some nasty stuff with their finances. I don't think I'm going to be able to straighten that out. The bank will likely take the property back. If I can, I'll try to buy it, too, but just to renovate and resell. Joanne was staring at Ben. Are you going to buy the Miller's home, too? I called, but it was already sold to a young family from Texas, Ben replied. And you were worried I'd sell mine to someone else, too, Shanine Thousand, 999, said with a raised eyebrow. I'd like to buy it. But if you think you can get a better price putting it on the market, that's your call, Ben said honestly. Well, there was the caveat of having Lily live in the home for the next two years, Joanne said. Ben looked over at her daughter. Would you consider renting a room from Trish? Then you wouldn't have to live alone and could share food expenses. Tina and Christopher will also be living there and Tina keeps a home really neat and clean so that's a big help. That would be preferable to living alone, Lily said. Then, that just eliminated the primary reason I had for selling it exclusively to you. You aren't much of a negotiator, Joanne said. I'm not going to try to trick or blackmail you into selling it to me. I don't work that way. I thought Lily would be better served by living with Trish, so I let her know she had the option. This frees you from your constraint and lets you pursue other options. I'd be willing to do my own assessment and leave you with what I'm willing to pay for it. Then you can take that number with you when you speak with a realtor, Ben said frankly. Okay, yes, please do the assessment. Let me know what you'd pay, Joanne said. 
Ben nodded and began his inspection. Once he'd left the room, Lily glared at her mother. How can you treat Mr. Shepard like that? That wasn't very nice, she complained. He offered, Joanne hissed. After he generously freed you from finding me a place to live, Lily admonished. He offered, she said weakly. Lily just scowled at her mother and went back to knitting. Ten minutes later, Ben returned and went over his findings. Again, the house was in pretty good shape, but the furnace and water heater were in need of replacing and electrical panel was full. It would need replacing if Ben were to do any renovations, he explained his finding, and described the showers he'd install and intended to install in Trisha's place. Lily's eyes lit up. Then she heard what she'd get to use living there. So, I'd be willing to spend 1.15 million on your home. That's your final offer? Joanne asked. Mom! Lily cried incredulously. Ben smiled at the young woman. No, it's fine. Yes, Joanne, that's my final offer. If you believe you can get more, please go ahead. The Miller's home sold for 1.25 million, so you might find someone willing to go at least that high. But their place has that big pool in the backyard, with all that landscaping. You'll also be on the backyard, with all that landscaping. You'll also be on the hook for paying the Realtor Commission. Let me know when you can. With that, Ben says goodbyes and went home. He was looking at the bank paperwork for Tina and thinking of all the calls he'd have to make. Ben called his lawyer and left a message with James' lawyer's details and asked for a call back to discuss a way to salvage Tina Lee's legal rights to her home and any funds her husband had before the bank took it away. He thought about the bank and the money he'd need to withdraw tomorrow for the gambling debt he was a little concerned the Seleni brothers might try to keep extorting money from them. While he didn't really want to involve their older and smarter brother, Ben needed his advice on how to deal with his brothers. He'd shared classes with Dominic and had kept him from being included in the expulsions when the Selenese poker ring was busted. Ben knew Dominic had nothing to do with his brother's dirty little game and had gone to the dean to clear Dominic's name. Angelo and Michael were kicked out and never went back to school. They opened the restaurant instead, and it seemed they reopened their crooked game as well. Ben looked up Dominic's number and called him up. Selene Residence Hi, may I speak with Dominic Selene? Ben asked. Speaking, who's this? It's Ben Shepherd. Ben, how ya doing, man? God, it's been years, the man boomed in the phone. Ben smiled. Dominic always had been a little larger than life. I'm doing very well, keeping myself busy. How about you? Ben admitted. Fantastic! My third grandchild will be arriving any day now, Dominic said proudly. Congratulations! That's wonderful, Ben said. Hey, I heard through the grapevine that you found yourself a woman. God, we thought you'd never speak to a girl, much less marry one. Ha 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 ha! The laughter thundered from the phone. Yeah, I married one, but it didn't work out, Ben said a little stiffly. Oh, I'm so sorry. He heard the sincere regret in the man's voice. That's life. I'm really glad your life is treating you so well. You really deserve it, Ben said, trying to change the conversation. 
He was getting more and more uncomfortable about bringing the issue with Man's brothers up, but there was that potential threat to Trish. Thanks, Man, Dominic said. Listen, do you keep in touch with Angelo and Michael? Do they still run the Celestial? Ben asked. Dominic's tone became worried. Yeah, they do. I think they've started up that poker game of theirs again. What? Those fucking losers. They didn't get you, did they? Wait a minute, stupid question. Of course not, Dominic rumbled. The husband of a friend of mine was into them for $40. He died months ago, and the widow is getting threats. I told them I'd pay the debt, and it went up to $60. I just want to make sure if I pay Angelo, that's the last. I'll hear from them. I'm supposed to pay them tomorrow. Don't you pay them one fucking cent? Promise me you won't, Dominic pleaded. Dominic, I don't want to get you involved. I just wanted your advice. You know them better than me. The widow doesn't need the grief. I'm willing to pay to make them go away as long as stay away. Oh, I'm not going to get involved. Not at all. I'm taking my wife and kids out for a very public dinner tonight. But don't you pay a cent to those low-life scum. Promise me. I'm sorry to call them my brothers. Listen, I'm sorry to call them my brothers. Listen, I got to make some calls. You have a great night. Don't be a stranger. Come visit, and I'll let you bounce a grandkid on your knee. Does wonders for your soul. Thanks, Dominic, Ben said a little shaken. You take care now. Bye. The man hung up, and Ben wondered what he had just started. Ben recalled that Hannah and Beth would be coming over tonight after dinner to have an informal group therapy session. He thought maybe they could sit in his living room, or for a more intimate setting. There was the media room in the basement. The chairs and couches were a little more comfortable, and the lighting more soothing downstairs. He'd play it by ear based on how Beth felt. Ben looked around and realized that until recently, very few people had ever been in his house. Yet within the past few days, four of neighbors had visited. He wondered why none of them ever visited before. Was it him? There was one call he could make today. He looked up the number and called the shop where he'd bought his California King Pillow Top mattress and ordered a new one with a mattress protector. Having learned his lesson, he also ordered some protectors for the other mattresses in the house. The salesman said that they had only one of the extra-large mattresses in stock and could get it to him before the dinner hour if he paid the extra $100 for rush delivery. He gave them his credit card number, and they said it would arrive before 6pm, and they'd dispose of the old one no charge. That taken care of, he moved the queen mattress from his room back to the first guest room and replaced the sheets. He made himself busy baking some cookies for Beth and Hannah. But mostly for Beth, who needed to put some mass back on her bones. Once the cookies were in the oven, he grabbed his tablet and checked out his favorite engineering forums and trade papers. He saw a few projects he might be interested in tackling and bookmarked them. That done, he wrote up the rental agreement for Trish. He'd get her to sign it to tomorrow. He spent the rest of the afternoon baking and reading, and before he knew it, the truck arrived with his new mattress. His bed was back to normal and had fresh sheets for tonight's sleep. He wondered how he'd sleep, considering how well he'd slept with Tina at his side. He'd see... He made himself dinner and was cleaning up when the doorbell rang. He wiped his hand and let Hannah and Beth in.
he took their coats and gave them both hugs. Do I smell? Peanut butter cookies, Beth smiled. Yes, I made them especially for you. You like them, right? Ben asked. I love peanut butter cookies. How did you know? She asked. I was out for a walk one day when you and the kids were getting back from school, and I overheard you mentioning it to Jane when she gave you some she baked at school, he said. Beth stared at Ben. That, that was, what, three years ago? Seemed like an important thing to remember. Ben smiled at her. Beth looked at Hannah, with tears in her eyes and a frustrated look on her face. Jesus, Larry couldn't remember the color of my hair, and Ben remembers what kind of cookie I like, from a single comment he overheard years ago. It just proves Larry wasn't the yardstick to measure good men by. Men who deserve your attention. Ben, where shall we sit? Hannah said. I was thinking it might be nice to sit down in the media room. Lead the way. You have a beautiful home, by the way, Hannah said, looking into the living room. Would you two like a tour? Trish was over earlier today, looking at the renovations I did on mine to see what I will do on her house after I buy it. She quite liked it, he said. That would be very nice. Yes, Hannah said. Ben showed them the living room, through to the dining room and the updated kitchen, which was a big hit. They couldn't really see the deck, well, but liked his French doors, which led out to it. They made appreciative noises in the guest bedrooms, and when he led them into the master bedroom, Beth was stunned by the size of the bed. She looked at him and back to the bed. Ben, I know you're a big man, but do you really need a bed that large? She exclaimed. He shrugged and frowned. Wendy needed her space on the bed, and I just got used to having a bed this size. Looks like it could sleep three with room to spare, Beth gushed. Then the three of them looked at each other, suddenly aware of the implication. Beth giggled nervously. Through here is the master bath, Ben said to change the topic to safer grounds. They entered, and Hannah took one look at the oversized shower stall with surround jets. She looked at Beth. Looks like the shower could fit three as well. She said with a grin, and Beth's giggles just got worse. Ben led them out and down the hall to the stairs to the basement. They did the tour downstairs, and ended up on the couches Ben had arranged in a circle in the media room. Each of them had a couch facing the other two. There was a plate of cookies sitting on the table in the center. Ben picked one up and handed it to Beth. When she just opened her mouth, Ben picked up her hand and put it in her palm with a grin. Oh, poo, she pouted. Hannah chuckled. She described to Beth, who was enjoying the chewy cookie, how the sessions usually went. Beth nodded and Hannah picked up where she'd left off with Ben. They talked for a couple of hours and Beth listened to Ben and Hannah expressing themselves. They never pressured her to participate but left her openings where she might have joined if she felt like contributing. Finally, Beth felt comfortable sharing and they listened without judgment. Soon Beth was the leading the conversation and Ben and Hannah were listening attentively. Tears were shed and hugs were given. The two friends could see the pressure slowly draining from Beth and shared a smile at the difference they'd seen already. Hannah looked at her watch and realized it was past 11. Wow, that was a great session, she said. 
we'd better bring it to a close as it's getting late. Beth looked surprised and then disappointed. Come on, Beth. Ben has to get to sleep tonight on that aircraft carrier. He calls a bed. I have a board meeting first thing in the morning, too. They went upstairs, and Ben got them their coats. When can we meet again? Beth asked. Hannah pulled out her phone and checked her calendar. Damn, I'm tied up all week. They're training us on some new systems at work, and that will mean some late nights, maybe Thursday. Then casually massaged Beth's shoulders while he watched Hannah poking around on her phone. Beth's face was contorting with pleasure, and Hannah glanced up to see the look Ben couldn't see. She grinned at the woman. Careful, Ben. You're going to make an addict out of her, she said playfully. When Ben dropped his hands, Beth spun around and clung to his shirt. See, told ya. I'm out of here. I'll call you later in the week. Bye, Hannah said and was out the door. Please, 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 Beth begged. Fine, just a little more, Ben said and led her into the living room. He cleared the surface of the coffee table and put the sofa cushions on it. Lie down on your stomach and I'll massage your back for you. You don't have to ask me twice, she grinned. Ben smiled. She was so much more comfortable around him now and was almost back to her usual bubbly personality. He knew that much energy couldn't be contained for long. She looked at him, suddenly a little timid. If you're comfortable, sure. The more skin I can get, to the better the massage. Wait, I mean it will be easier to massage you without your clothes in the way. That still didn't sound right, he said, flustered. Beth smiled at him and turned away. She tugged off the sweater and camisole leaving only her bra in place. She held her sweater to her chest as she stretched out on the cushions. Ben rubbed his hands together, briskly, to warm them. He started at the top of her neck and slowly moved his way down her neck vertebrae. He slid his fingers across the top of her shoulders and Beth sighed. He worked his fingertips deeply into her shoulder muscles and used his palms and heels of his hands to smooth out the knots in her back. She was moaning constantly by this point as her muscles turned to jelly under his powerful hands when he ran them down the sides of her torso and accidentally brushed the sides of her bra. Beth felt an immediate shock through her nipples, directly down to the warm glow, beginning between her legs. She squeezed her thighs together and shivered. Ben's hands stopped when he felt her tremble. Are you cold? No, I mean no, I'm fine, Beth said a little frantically. Okay, let me know if I'm pressing too hard or if you get cold, Ben said. Emma was all she was capable of saying as Ben's hands went back to work. When he finally got to the base of her spine, he ran his hands back up to her shoulders and didn't feel any knots left in her relaxed muscles. All done, he said. Beth groaned. She wanted it to go on forever. His hands on her body felt so incredible, but she didn't want to be ungrateful. She was having trouble pushing herself upright, so he put his hands on the sides of her torso and lifted. His fingers were under her breasts when she was finally upright, and she looked up at him, over her shoulder. She pinned his hands to her sides with her elbows. Thank you, Ben. Your hands are magic. Can I take them home with me? She smiled. 
Alas, I need them here. Sorry. He slipped his hands out from her entrapment, and she sighed. Do you think it would be okay with Hannah if you and I had a session without her? I don't think I can wait until maybe Thursday? Tomorrow, Beth asked. How about Tuesday? Tomorrow could be a busy day. I'm going to be working on buying Trish's house, and I have to see what I can do with Tina's, he explained. Okay, she looked down at her bra-encased chest as she dropped her hands and sweater to her lap. With all the weight I lost, you'd think these damn things would have gotten smaller too, but they don't look it. Nope, they still look at fun as they did last year, Ben said, and gave her breasts a playful squeeze. Beth squeaked and looked up at Ben's big grin. Ben's grin got wider, and he bent quickly and put Beth over his shoulder. Her squeals got louder as he hustled down his hallway and tossed Beth onto his big bed. Her eyes were wide as he crawled up her body with a mischievous grin on his face. He slid his hand under her back and flicked her bra clasp open. Beth squeaked again as her bra popped free from the pressure it was under. He slipped the satiny material up to expose her heavy breasts. Her nipples were pointing skyward, so he positioned his mouth over one and ran his tongue over it and gently blew on the moistened skin. She gasped, and the nipple became stiff with need. He took it into his mouth and gently sucked and tugged on it with his lips. Beth's breathing was coming out in gasps, and her body was jolting with the sensations. She seemed very sensitive, so he kept his teeth out of the game. He moved to her other nipple, and repeated the treatment, making her squirm and moan. Once her eyes were rolling up, he slid down and tugged her sweatpants and panties down her legs. He tugged them free, then pushed her legs up, exposing her wet labia. He kissed and nibbled his way down her thighs, alternating side to side randomly, so she couldn't prepare until he sucked her nether lips into his mouth. She cried out, and her body spasmed. He didn't allow her to relax as his tongue switched between deep, probing penetrations and strokes across her surface with gentle sucking on the hood of her clit. Beth's body was rocking uncontrollably, and she clung to his head, forcing his mouth onto her engorged lips. His tongue reached spots she didn't know she had. Her orgasm caught her unprepared and ripped through her, as her cries rose up into silence and her body vibrated. Then it was over, and she lay gasping for breath with her eyes closed. After shocks rolled through her body, and she made little mewling sounds, Ben got a warm, damp facecloth from the bathroom and wiped her clean. She grabbed his wrist as the sensation was almost too much and more aftershocks rushed through her. He pulled back and slipped her panties on then her sweatpants. She flaked out, and he thought it might be a good idea to let her rest a little. He washed his face and brushed his teeth, so he'd be ready for bed once Beth went home. He stepped out of the bathroom and saw her looking up at him. Ben, oh me God, Ben, what did you do to me? Just proving your body is as fun as it should be, he smiled. How am I supposed to get home now? My legs are shaking. They're jelly, she moaned. I'll get you home. Don't worry. He carried her to the front door and sat her on the bench. 
she gasped as her tender flesh pressed against the seat. Ben put her boots on her, then his own on. He slipped his jacket on and pulled Beth's over her. Then Ben hoisted her over his shoulder, stepped outside and locked the door, and swung her down into his arms. He carried the gently protesting woman over to her place in his arms. She was embarrassed at being carried, but secretly she was loving every second in his strong arms. When she realized her kids would see her, she buried her face against his jacket. He bumped his foot against the door, and a face looked out the small window next to the door. It was Jane, and her face registered surprise to see Ben carrying her mother. Don't worry, she's fine. She ate a lot of my peanut butter cookies. She's a little wobbly. She'll be fine in the morning, Ben said, being truthful, but skirting the actual reason. Jane's face went from worry to a relieved smile. He stepped inside and kicked off his boots while Jane pulled off her mother's. I'll just set her on her bed so she can sleep off the rush she got from all the yiness. Ben teased and Beth swatted him weakly. He grinned and Jane picked up the grin. While he was leaning over her, Beth whispered in his ear. And you love it, he said and gave her a quick but deep kiss. Jane's eyes bugged out a little at the intensity of the kiss her mother was receiving. Ben smiled and left the house. He heard the deadbolt snapping closed directly behind him and chuckled. He walked back towards his house. As he passed Gabriella's house, he glanced up the driveway and saw her standing in the window. He waved and she moved to the front door. He sighed as he really was tired and just wanted to go home and go to bed. He turned and walked up her drive until he was in front of her door. Sure, but just for a minute, as I have a rather busy day tomorrow, and I was on my way to bed, he said. I was just watching the news. The Celestial burnt down. No one died in the fire, but the two owners were badly beaten and are in the hospital. The building is a write-off. At the lunch party, Trish told me her husband owed the guys who ran the restaurant a lot of money, and you were going to take care of it. Her eyes were full of worry. There was a thumping on the door behind Ben. He turned and opened it. Catherine lunged in and grabbed him in a big hug. Please tell me you didn't do it. Ben looked down at her in surprise, then over to Gabriella. Wait, you think I'm an arsonist? Wow, thanks. He saw the worry and doubt in their eyes, and his heart lurched painfully. He couldn't deal with it. He pushed Cat back from him and left the house. He didn't stop moving until he'd locked his door behind himself. He kicked off his boots, hung up his coat, and went to bed. Sleep was elusive, but exhaustion pulled him under.